The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the moment in our day when we seek stillness in God's presence, guidance from the Word of God, and grace to live by faith. This is the moment when we view horizontal living from the divine perspective. For the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now here's today's message. We hope it will be a blessing. Welcome to Blue Sky Chronicles, a new segment of Beside Still Waters. Glad you could join me today. Um, I'm really enjoying this series because we're looking at the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, allowing the Spirit of God to lead us to look at this ministry from the perspective of the working of God's Spirit, as it were, from God's perspective. Now, of course, I know that we can't always see things from God's perspective because He is limited. He is limitless, I should say, in His attributes. And we are limited. Nevertheless, we have the counsels of His Word to give us uh, guidance and light by His Spirit. And uh, with the view that we will grow into a mature man in Christ Jesus. So uh, we're really thinking about walking in the Spirit, and what does that mean? And uh, we know that after the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, his next major event was 40 days spent in the wilderness. And so from God's perspective, uh, we see that three of the Gospel writers took the time to note this uh, milestone event. And I always think to myself that, uh, you know, when our Lord Jesus Christ walked on this earth as the Son of God, uh, he experienced time, space, sense, uh, all that we experience. But I'm going to say in a multi-dimensional way, uh, all the graces, all the power, the limitless power of the Spirit of God was upon him, in him, uh, without any conflict. Uh, typically, in our earthly experience, is conflict because we have thoughts uh, that are not always uh, aligned with the Spirit of God or pleasing to him, and sometimes we say things inadvertently or we behave uh, in a manner that might be uh, grieving or quenching to the Spirit of God. And so our experience is unidimensional. It's linear. We respond to circumstances as they appear before us. We walk into a circumstance. So often you'll see in the scriptures that it says, and it came to pass. And that watchword phrase tells us that we walk into a circumstance. It becomes new to us. But we'll see that uh, the Lord Jesus did not necessarily experience events that way. And there are some key lessons for us to apply as we seek to walk in the Spirit of God. We walk by faith in God's provision for the next event, the next hour. The Lord Jesus experienced time and space 
in a multi-dimensional way, all in a moment of time. And please, my brothers and sisters, keep in mind that it necessitated three gospel writers to capture the full dimension of one event, and that is the wilderness experience. And so we have three accounts of the Son of God's 40-day wilderness uh, journey, for lack of a better word. And we are told in, uh, in, the math, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4 and verse 1, that Jesus was carried up into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. He was led up, carried up. And uh, the, the sense is he was going to a higher place. It's like when someone gets into a boat or a ship going to another uh, uh, destination. They put out to sea. They launch. So we're going somewhere. And the Lord Jesus was going to a specific place to uh, engage, if you will. But what's really key here is the sense of the word led up. He was led. He was consenting. Okay? He was consenting. He was going to be separated to go to a solitary place that there wasn't any sustenance for his appetite. He was going to do battle, if you will. And so he was willing. And I want to emphasize that word. He was willing he was willing to follow the dictates of the Spirit of God where the Holy Spirit would lead. And even though there was a measure of unknowing, there was, there was, if you will, a little bit of mystery as to what was about to happen, like a passenger getting into a boat, they willingly consent to be carried to that destination. So there was no resistance. There's no resistance. And then uh, a, a sort of second sense of this same event is that in Mark chapter 1 and verse 12, we're told that immediately the Spirit drives him out into the wilderness. So now we, we had the first uh, view of him consenting to be taken there. But this particular use of the term in the original language, is that he did not exercise his will. He was driven there. There's no self-will involved. And very often with us, there's, a, there's resistance when we encounter circumstances that we find uh, sort of to deprive us of peace of mind. We resist because we are afraid of the consequences. But our Lord Jesus had no will of his own, no power to employ against the moving of the Spirit of God. In fact, what was interesting is that in John chapter 2, I believe, in verse 15, uh, when the Lord Jesus cleansed the temple, and it says, having made a, a scourge of cords, he cast them all out of the temple both the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the, the, the money changers' money and overturned the tables. But the key here is he drove them out. Okay, he drove them out. And with that urgency, 
the Spirit of God drove him. Same uh, term used, just as he drove them out of the, out of the uh, temple, so the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness, and he did not resist. So we learn two things about our Lord Jesus. In the same experience, in the power and under the power of the Spirit of God, he consented to go, while at the same time simultaneously, he was driven to go. In fact, we are told in John chapter 4 that his only purpose, his meat, his meal, his sustenance, was to do the Father's will and to finish his work. Our Lord Jesus had the mindset of a slave, a bond slave, a bond servant, and you'll see that term used in the scriptures. He yields without or I should say he yields with immediate obedience. The master's will, the father's will, was his supreme objective. There was no hesitation in doing what he would. And so we are told in, uh, in Mark that the Spirit drove him. In, in Matthew, he was carried there. He was driven there. He was carried there. And then we are told in Luke uh, chapter 4 and verse 1 that Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now, uh, in the original languages, he was led in the Spirit. He was possessing the uh, docile nature of a child, the willing, sweet, submissive nature of a child. And, you know, one of the things I love about children my own when they were much younger is they just willingly came to you. They, they embraced the moment uh, gladly and with joy. In fact, um, we remember that there was a, a circumstance in, during the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ when, when the children were brought to be blessed of the Lord Jesus. And the disciples uh, was minded to drive them away. And the, the Lord Jesus forbid that they should be driven away. But he said, but such is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is made up of, of willing souls who gladly embrace the truth that through faith in him, they would have eternal life. And so he possessed the spirit, if you will, sweet, willing, submissive spirit, that like a child, a child that trusts in the providential caring and guidance of a loving father. And so our Lord Jesus, uh, in fact, <laughs> what's so interesting is that uh, the same term is used uh, when he uh, went to Nazareth, uh, went into the synagogue and presented himself uh, through scriptures, Isaiah, when Isaiah was being read, that you know, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And as he began to tell them about uh, the, their, their history, how that, uh, you know, the, the prophet was sent uh, to a Gentile woman and so forth and so on, and they were incensed and they led him. The Nazarites, uh, the, the people from Nazareth, attempted to kill him and they led him to the precipice to cast him over, same term. And he willingly, and I don't know how he did it, but as they were taking him, he passed through their midst, same term. I think what is most instructive 
is that uh, in Luke 22, the Lord Jesus allowed his enemies to take him and to carry him into judgment, although it would have been a false judgment with false accusations with the intent to kill him. It would lead to his death. And when those, when that band of people and soldiers came led by Judas to take him, he willingly went. He was willing like a child to be taken because he was trusting in the providential care of his father. In fact, he could say, he could say nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so we see of our Lord Jesus that the, the same event, one event, the going into the wilderness, that he possessed simultaneously the willingness to be taken there like a passenger in a boat going to a new destination, while at the same time he was driven there under the power of the Spirit of God with no will or purpose of his own, but that to do the Father's will, and he possessed no resistance to the working of the Spirit of God. And we are told also that being full of the Spirit, having returned from the Jordan, he was led, if you will, he was led in Luke 4 by the Spirit. He possessed the sweet humility of a child trusting the Father's will, and he went into that event without resistance, knowing that the will and purposes of God was about to unfold. And though his disciples could not see it, uh, they saw it thereafter. He trusted the wise, providential working of God. He trusted that his father had complete control over good and over evil. And so now, when we look at our Lord Jesus, that brings us to the point where we have to ask ourselves uh, some critical questions. There's a lot to say in Christendom today about what it means to walk in the Spirit, and uh, there are a variety of opinions. Uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there are some things we know about what our Lord Jesus experienced and how we experienced the guidance and power and enabling of the Spirit of God. He experienced one event holistically. He was submitted, that is, consenting to be taken. He possessed the mindset of a willing slave in that he would be obedient and his only objective was to do the will of him that sent him and to finish the work. But he also possessed simultaneously the humility of a child trusting the providential care of his father, all possessed in one moment the fullness of the spirit. He lives with a full knowing, a full experience as he walked into it as we are told in the scriptures, that, he, that our Lord Jesus was full of grace and truth. Full. There was no, he was like fine flour. You know, you, uh, when you go back to the Old Testament, part of their offerings uh, to be uh, that they would have, you know, fine flour. It wasn't lumpy. It was smooth. 
to the touch, there was no resistance. There were no lumps, if you will. He was perfectly submitted, perfectly obedient, perfectly trusting. But for the believer, we experience events in a linear fashion. As the scripture says, and it came to pass. We put our key in the ignition to start our car and we realize it's not starting. We have now encountered a new event. Or we go to work and once we arrive, our supervisor might call us into their office and say, I have bad news. Uh, The company is uh, perhaps experiencing some financial difficulty and we have to Uh, 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 reduce uh, our manpower in certain departments and your job will be eliminated. We come into a circumstance and what we do is we have to wait for that event trusting that the Spirit of God will give us the needed grace when that event arises. It may be an event that requires our full consent. We may find that uh, we go to the uh, doctor for our yearly physical, and then the doctor says, based on the results of our blood work, uh, there are some concerns. And when we find that we are ill, or we have some potential illness, we must and need to consent that God would work through this bad news to accomplish his purposes in us. Or we may find that we are faced with a challenge. Perhaps a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, a fellow believer, we may have a, a challenged relationship. And we are commanded to love one another. And we are finding that we are reluctant to obey. And so we are in need of the Spirit of God to grace us with the necessary power To love the unlovely. Or we may be called to a ministry, whatever that is, and we are reluctant because we say to ourselves, I don't feel equipped. But the Spirit of God, when we trusted in Christ, equipped us with some grace, some ability to serve the body of Christ, to build up other believers. And so we may have to walk into that circumstance with the humility of a child, trusting that God is leading us to greater avenues of service. So to recap, what I'm saying is we experience things in a linear fashion. It came to pass. And those words mean we don't know what the next event will be. We don't know what the next experience will be. We don't know what the next news will be. But what we do know is that we are indwelt by the Spirit of God. We are given the great and precious promises of, uh, of the Spirit of God. And by these promises, we are told in 2 Peter chapter 1, that we are and would be partakers of his divine nature. Fellowshippers of the nature of God. In fact, we are told uh, for this very reason in the, in the first chapter of 2 Peter, Add to your faith, with all diligence, virtue. In virtue, knowledge. In knowledge, temperance. In temperance, endurance. In endurance, godliness. In uh, godliness, brotherly love. 
and so forth. And then he says this, these things existing and abounding in you make you to be neither idle nor unfruitful as regards the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are continually seeking to grow. Why? As the Spirit of God has possession of our affections, our mind, we are trusting that if God is sovereign, there is no event that comes into our lives that has not passed through the filter of his love, so to speak. And as such, the event that now faces us has been providentially allowed of God. And there are only three things that can happen in that event. We can either willingly consent to embrace it as coming from and allowed by our loving Heavenly Father, or it may be a challenge on some point of obedience that the Scriptures have has told us that this is a point of obedience. It might be pertaining to loving another brother. It might be the sharing of our faith. It might be the giving of our resources. Who knows what it might be? But it may necessitate immediacy of action, obedience, quick, to the point, and gladly. Or the event might necessitate a trusting spirit as a child to a father. In fact, Peter could say this, that we ought to entrust the keeping our souls of our souls to God. Okay? Entrust the keeping. Our Lord Jesus, when he gave up the ghost, he, he said, into thy hands I commend, I commit my spirit. The events as they unfold were the planned and purposes of God. And like a trusting child, we embrace that moment, knowing that God has allowed it. So let me ask you a question as we summarize our thoughts. Are you walking in the Spirit? If I may be succinct, are there circumstances that you are facing right at this moment that necessitates your consent? And I say your consent because very often in our hearts, we resist the working of the Spirit of God. We resist the trial. And James exhorts us in his letter to the scattered Christians throughout Asia, Count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Knowing this, that the testing, the proving of your faith produces endurance. But he said, let endurance have its perfect work. God is working through the trial. And the consenting is a clear exercise of faith. You and I, when we consent to the trial, when we know and acknowledge to God that he has allowed this trial... We are, in fact, saying, I'm trusting you. I'm willing to embrace this new circumstance, this new destination of events in my life. Or we may have to ask ourselves, am I being called upon to obey uh, a specific command given in the scriptures? So I ask you, are you walking 
with the mind and heart that is trusting the Spirit of God to equip you for what is about to come to pass. Do you, do I willingly receive it as allowed by God? Can I in active faith praise Him for it? Why? Because God, we are told, causes all things to work together for good to them who are the called. There is no event wasted by God. So does it demand my immediate obedience? And is my heart confidently resting in the providential care of a loving God who exercises his absolute dominion and power over all things, including the events that he allows to come to pass in my life. You know, sometimes we say, I am trusting God. And yet others bear witness to our complaint. I remember there was one year uh, I lost my job at perhaps the worst possible time. I had, uh, it was uh, 2017 and uh, it was quite a year of hurricanes. And I remember I, I, uh, I lost my, my job. There were, there, were, uh, you know, there were budget cuts, essentially. And, and um, uh, that July, I was informed that my role would, be, um, <laughs> uh, would no longer be supported. But that year, uh, a few months later, I went to visit my uh, family and was stranded on St. Croix. Uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, but from that event sprung uh, such a wonderful challenge to trust God under impossible circumstances. We passed through Hurricane Maria, and by, uh, by uh, God's providence, I was able to write about the experience in a very short book, A Violent Gust of Wind and the Presence of God. And in that book, I detailed about 15 or 16 very specific answers to prayer over a 21-day period, three of which were, were bona fide, miraculous events inexplicable to the normal mind. But I say that to say that someone would have said, oh, how sad you lost your job. But I look back at that year, and it was such a tremendous year of blessing and growth. Why? Because I was faced with a circumstance that unfolded in my life that I had no control of. It came to pass that I was going to be unemployed. But I rejoiced in it because God was in control. I received it as coming from a loving God. I, I got into the boat of the event and was willing to travel to the unknown destination, knowing that the one who controlled that boat was no one other than the Holy Spirit of the living God himself. And so I say to you, my dear friend, and would encourage you today. If you say, Christian, I am walking in the Spirit, then I assure you on the authority of God's Word that one of three things will come to pass in your life, perhaps even before this podcast is over. That a circumstance may happen in your life that unfolds and you may be challenged to receive it as allowed by God. You will get into a boat to a destination that has several unknowns to it. 
I encourage you to embrace it as being allowed of God. Or you may be faced with a circumstance that demands willing obedience. There might be practices in your life. We all battle with sin, uh, thoughts, words, behaviors. And sometimes uh, the flesh gets the best of us and, and things, uh, certain practices might get dominance over our minds. And now we are compelled in the power of the Spirit of God to seek the victory over the flesh, over its appetites, over perhaps pleasures that, uh, that may not be befitting a Christian. And so a certain amount of immediacy is needed as regarding obedience. It might be uh, friendships that do more to detract from my Christian life than to enhance it. And we might have to cur curtail some of these friendships. Or God may simply allow a circumstance as it was with our Lord Jesus when he was taken that night where he would be judged uh, falsely and eventually uh, uh, treated uh, reprehensibly to the point where he perhaps was unrecognizable according to the words of Isaiah the prophet and would ultimately be crucified. And yet, he was confident, assured that this was the perfect will of his father when he prayed in the garden as he sweat drops of blood. If it were possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so he confidently in the Garden of Gethsemane rested in the providential care of his father. Maybe perhaps today, my friend, you might receive bad news. News that breaks your heart. News that elicits tears, sorrow. This is no surprise to God. But it might necessitate a willing, confident Resting in the providential care of a loving God and Father who cares for you, who saw you in eternity past. Oh, my friend, as we draw near again to meet with God beside still waters, it might just be a moment when we cry out to God for the grace and working of His Spirit teaching us how to walk in dependence upon him for what is about to come to pass. And sometimes our day may be filled with several events coming to pass. But in all of them, we are trusting willingly, embracing the new event as allowed by God or the new event as demanding immediacy of obedience for the good pleasure of our loving Father or for the confident resting of our hearts in trusting that God knows exactly what he's doing. And so as we think of the experience of our Lord Jesus Christ going into the wilderness, experiencing the fullness of the Spirit in all three ways simultaneously in a very holistic fashion, that is not our experience. We have to wait until the event comes to pass. But while we wait, 
Let us encourage our hearts. Let us strengthen our hearts to wait on God, to hear from the Spirit of God, trusting Him as we rest beside still waters. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the quiet moment in the stillness of God's presence to receive guidance, light, and grace to live by faith. I hope you've been helped and encouraged to press on living for the glory of God. It has been a pleasure and a privilege to connect with you on this podcast. To stay connected, please follow Christian Javois on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next podcast of Beside Still Waters.